Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Belief Podcast Network presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger Legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, <laughs> busting out the double guns today. It's Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how we doing? I mean, it's great. Great. We've already had a great conversation with Nigel, but we're going to keep it going because, uh, man, dude, this is a special guy we have here. We're doing the intro. Yeah. Um, Nigel uh, Hayes. So Just <laughs> Nigel Hayes. Someone we admire, someone we have already come to love Nigel. Thanks for spending some time with us here today. Change the landscape of college athletics, dude. Thank you, gosh. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I man. Appreciate we- being here, and I appreciate the title. I don't know if I'm that important to change the landscape. I may have planted a flower or two, but not the whole landscape. I mean, you, you don't get anywhere without the seed, and you're the Johnny Appleseed of it. So someone had I to like, start it. Okay. Someone had to start it. Before we get into it, though, we got to remind you guys that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. Uh, NBA playoffs heading into the conference finals right now, as well as NHL playoffs, baseball seasons in full swing. There's always some good UFC, boxing, you name the sport, it's there at BetOnline, casino games, card games. They are your number one source. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device uh, to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with our promo code believe that's B L E A V bet online where the game starts. All right, Nigel, one of the reasons that we even first got connected though, uh, was because of this new product that you have invented. So let's just start right there. What is this? Uh, so (laughs) this is something that, uh, it's been like a year and a half, two years in the making. Um, it's a hot dog grilling tray, piranha. Oh, and I was, I was, uh, I'm gonna open it now, but uh, it's something I was making. So the ironic part is, is that I'm not a, uh, I don't eat meat, but I was eating a vegan. <laughs> don't laugh at me. I was eating a vegan hot dog some years back. I haven't had one in that whole amount of time. And when I was younger, though, and we used to eat. Uh, like hot dogs or something like that. My mom would always toast the bun. And I was like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever to have a toasted bun. And I was making mine. I was like, man, I would love to do it. And then I was like, the bun kept splitting. So I was like, how do I make something to where the bun doesn't split? So then that's when two years later, meeting people. And then I came up with the cast iron grilling tray. And it has its own little uh, handle that I can put in so I can lift this up. Put the handle oh. in out. You can use it on the stove, grill top. You know, if you have an open fire, you can sit and use it uh like at a at a campfire and college dorms. And I really think the so here is this right here. You hold it with the handle, take it out so you can leave it. And then um like it allows you to, to use it anywhere. And like the the biggest I think use of this could be potentially um like tailgating. You know, I think this is something that could be could be big at tailgating is little independence, like little mini barbecues, Fourth of July's holidays. Um, like I said, dorms, especially a lot of dorms, you're not allowed to have grills or something like that. So this gives you a chance to, if you know, if you want to grill some dogs in a bun, you're able to do that. So this is kind of what uh I've been working on. And so what's the, the name of it? Now. What are you calling it? It's called. So that's my the the company is under so the LLC. You know, so that way I don't uh, take on any unneeded liability and risk. Um, Feel that. Harana. <laughs> so it's called Harana, and uh, the name is from. Uh, so since I've been in Europe these last couple of years, I've learned a couple of languages, and in Croatian, the word for food is Harana, and it's H R A N A. So I added an A after the H, so it's Harana. Um, I just thought it sounded cool and like. You know, you you need kind of like the uh, 
you know that uh the 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 like the lawnmower company like Husqvarna like yeah, it just yeah. sounds like something <laughs> like wow so uh yeah I named it uh Harana so it's the Harana tray and I'm kind of trying to get this you know just promoted and going try to be like the next George Foreman but with the grilling tray so can it like, double as like one of like the so if you like grill on a flat top like one of like the weights that you put down on top of like the burgers or the dogs to make them cook a little faster I mean, it's flat on the, the bottom. Is flat? Yeah, that's what I, so, I see. Yes. That that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking <laughs> dual could. use right here. Yeah, you could do that if you got the burgers on there. You can yeah. sit this. Yeah. And so it's, no, it's, you it's, no it could sit on the top of the grill, and you can literally just put the do- the the bun on it and yes. just toast it. And it comes off. Send me one, please. I'll buy it. I, I, butter bowl I'm, and the uh, the brush right here. Oh so yeah. You open yeah. it, brush your buns, sit it on there, and you know you can uh. And what I found out too, interestingly enough, is that hot dogs come pre-cooked already. Did you know mm-hmm. that? Like you can eat right. hot dogs. I didn't know that. So in my research, I always thought you had to cook hot dogs. And it was saying like, no, you actually, you're supposed to just get them to, you know, look a certain way. So they really, you know, in about two minutes, you can have, you can cook two hot dogs, two buns and have you, uh, you know, a good meal to go. So it's, uh, like I said, something that uh, came to me, been working on it for a while. I was trying to, now I'm in the process of, you know, just getting it out there and, and trying to, uh, Can I Amazon it? it? And, like, how do you, how do you buy one? So I have the website, uh, HaranaUS.com, www.HaranaUS.com. We'll link to and it in the can, show notes. And you can buy it, uh, you can buy it from there. And, uh, the, the, this part is trying to start somewhere where you can, where I have a, uh, and that's what Adam was recommending is to start somewhere where. You know, you have a, a place. So I started in Toledo, trying to go to different restaurants and companies. And then obviously the other base point would be Madison. So starting there and trying to introduce the product there and grow it from those two hub points. Good advice. I absolutely yeah, love it. Advice. Yeah, that's great advice. Great advice. I I absolutely. Listen, you're going to have a broad, I mean, you need buns. And in Madison, I feel like that's like the place that they do all of that. Right. So that's, yeah. that's why I said it was great for him to to do that because I didn't even think of like, you know, not, not being in college anymore. But like, it, it makes sense. Like I said, you go to a tailgate at Madison, everyone you knows how football Saturdays are. So it's a million, million dogs and buns around. So just you know to get these in the hands of people. Like I said, it's portable, has the handle. You can put it in, take it off, carry it anywhere. You can use it in all different places. I think it's something that it's uh it's one of those purchases that you. You technically don't need, but once you have one, you'd be happy. You're like, you know, I'm glad I got this thing. Yeah, it's the like uh, buns I burn. The amount yeah. of buns I burn is, uh, it's so much. I just, I, I love it. I need one. Well, so I, I was gonna say, like, to me, it, it's like, uh, it, it's like the charcoal chimney, right? Like, once I got one, like, I'm not going back. Like, I'm, I'm never <laughs> right. lighting my charcoal without a chimney again. It's just a waste of my time. You don't technically exactly. need it. But you, right, you, you don't it. technically. That's that's what I was trying to. You, it's not something you need, but once you get it, you're like, I'm glad I got this thing. Like it, it, it makes me happier, and that's all life's that's about. True. Just trying to be a little happier. A little uh, happier. Hopefully soon we'll be able chimney. to get them with like a motion W in them, like uh, printed with a motion W in it. Get get some real wouldn't branding that, going here. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, right? absolutely. Maybe an XL version for extra large brats. Who knows? Who knows? Really, yeah. So the yeah. the the. the the um, I guess you would say the next steps are are endless, but in this in this infant stage, you know, is just trying to, like I said, get it, get the product out there. And as far as Amazon goes, I've been a little hesitant because I've heard about people who sell things on Amazon. Like Amazon has this way of like stealing ideas and then like recreating the similar product. And then like obviously it's Amazon, so like their cost is significantly less so whatever you mm-hmm. let's say you sell something for ten dollars they could sell it for a dollar and you know run you out of business but luckily this is patented so i shouldn't have to run into to any of those problems so i got it patented it took a while to do that as well there's so many steps and stuff so many like, you know once you get into a certain world that like i had no idea like i'm doing business like international calls i need to figure out about this stuff is like there's a patent for this it's like you know, like I had to, I had, when I made the LOC, I had to get in contact with like freight companies and there's like certain things you need to do for that. And I'm like, man, who who knew there was so much to the world? There's so much you don't know. 
in life and in business. So like doing this was like, it was a pretty cool experience because I was able to learn about, you know, a side of business and a side of the world that I wasn't privy to before. Have you been in contact with any other Badgers who are doing kind of the same things? I know AJ Taylor, who was around, I think it was a little bit after you or around your time on the football team had, has made a card game, also done some marketing through Adam as well. Have you talked with any other guys that like you played with who have been doing similar sort of side ventures? No, no, I, uh, I haven't actually. I mean, I would definitely love to be in and get in contact. You know, the more minds you have on something, the better things can go. You know, you see that now with like Adam putting us in contact and giving me the ideas I had. So, um, it's, it's always good to, to reach out and get in contact and I, you know, definitely be able to do that. Everybody has ideas and networks and ways that we can help each other. And obviously being Badgers, you know, that's kind of like, that's supposed to be our main goal, right? As alumni is to, to help other Badgers grow. Absolutely. So this is a great lead in because I find your story, uh, so moving. I don't even know what to say. Like you literally might've changed the landscape of college athletic athletics. Oh so, my gosh. I, in 10 years, there needs to be a documentary about me and doing this. It won't, it may sound, what's the word? I don't want it to sound arrogant, but no, it definitely, they definitely, I'm need glad to do that it. you appreciate that. Like there was a time when I was literally getting for lack of better terms, crucified for saying college athletes should be paid and talking about it. And I just saw there was a kid from Michigan that transferred because he got paid more money. Yep. Hunter Dickinson. Who, who? I have so many questions. That, I have guy, so many that, questions. that guy is a basketball player, by the way. Not a fan. Just <laughs> not a fan. But um, I'm not, that, I'm not, real, I'm not super, I'm not super familiar with college hoops anymore, you know, but uh, I just found out like, 20, 30 minutes ago, one of the guys was like, did you see what that, the the kid from Michigan said? And I said, man. And just to think when I was in college, they were like, I was getting in almost in trouble. I remember compliance was like, I can't take a pin. I was like, oh, that's a, that's a NCAA violation. Now people are doing million dollar contracts. What, $7 million for something like Arch Manning and stuff like that? I mean, Bernie, you, when you were there though, you guys was, you were there for a or coming off a shoebox scandal. Too, so you know all about yeah. compliance breathing down your neck. Yes, yeah. Nigel. When I showed up to visit, they had um, shakes being made in the shake machine. Like it was, uh-huh. they gave him a lot of things to eat, and it, it was uh-huh. great. And then the shoebox happened, which happened in I think two thousand, two thousand or ninety nine, uh-huh. two thousand. It was two thousand. All these yeah. dudes were going to the shoebox in Black Earth and getting shoes for free, but the guy wrote all of them down, thinking like he, they'd pay him back eventually, but he knew they wouldn't. So the NCAA caught wind and they had all this documentation. All these dudes got suspended. So I show up the next year, the machines out. They have like these horrible bars that, you know, like uh-huh. remember back in the day, like the bars you'd eat, they were terrible. Yeah. They're chalk. So they only had yeah. these things that they, at that point, they're like, we'd sit with the compliance people. And I'm sure you did this too on yep. the team and say like, Hey, if it's snowing and you have a t-shirt on, you're freezing, you can't get in someone's car. If they're yeah. a donor to the university, you cannot get in the car. It's a that's a a perk or something. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? This is we so, play college sports. Like we should get something. The I list mean, like, of the list of perks is 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 ridiculous. Is ridiculous. And that's what you know. Like during my time, that's what I was always saying and trying to preach to people. And it's like the the common sense behind it. Like what that kid from Michigan said. It was like we live in. Um, People love America, greatest country in the world, and there's something called, you know, capitalism. Is it good or bad? Indifferent, but a lot of people make a living and take care of their families, and that and that's something that gives us what we have. So capitalism, if you like something, you pay it, and you get more money for it. And if you get more money for it, it increases the product, and that's exactly what college athletics is, is that there's a supply and demand, and if the athletes can do this and make money, then why wouldn't they be able to do it? Because who am I to go to your job and say you work in a dentist office and if you tell me the dentist office down the street will give you more money to do the same job you're not going to change jobs like that's not you know let's not be silly or if i told you like hey instead of getting paid just work here for free and i'll call it great experience like people don't do that like you know the the outrage about uh internships like unpaid internships everyone's like well why would i work here work for you just to have experience and that was the whole spiel about you know college athletes it was that well i mean you're getting a great experience you're not getting paid everyone else is making millions 
and the whole NCAA may even be touching a billion, but that experience you're getting priceless. Ben, how does it feel to maybe be like the, the, and I know you probably took a lot of, a lot of crap and you said you were being crucified. I remember reading some of those posts, just being like, man, dude's a college athlete who is struggling. Like we should have some support here. Um, more than yeah, some, I, more than some, some. A lot hold on. Cause I want to say my totally. argument, my argument, if I am a premier violin player and I get a scholarship to go to Harvard, right? I'm because Harvard takes, tries to take great musicians, try to take great everything. I get a full scholarship to go to Harvard. I can still go play side gigs and get paid for that. Right. But if I'm an athlete, I can't. If I'm a scholarship violin player at Harvard, I can have a donor pay me to play a private gig. If I am a scholarship athlete, I can't. And to me, that inherent hypocrisy has always sort of been at, at the core of this in my perspective. Nigel, how did you sort of even first like really come to like want to be at the, the forefront of this? Like what moved you to even like really speak out? Because that is something that's very difficult to do. Um, combination of right place, right time. Um, maybe consider me being a little confidently naive, but, uh, Zach Bohannon, you know, you remember, uh, Zebo mm -hmm. was there and he was on his way out and I was just coming in and he saw like this conversation guy, Hey, Nigel, seem like you're going to be a pretty good player here. You might have a big platform, big voice here, something that you haven't thought about, but you probably could have an impact. And I'm like, uh, what are you talking about Zebo? He tells me about this and he was like, yeah, you know, this is important because of this, this, and this, you know, just give you something to think about. And I was just like, yeah, you're older than me. Sure. Z, but whatever. Yeah, let's do it. So then you do it first year, second year. It's like, ah, oh, I see what he means. I see what he means. Cause those was those final four years. And it's like, man, that's weird. Cause when I first got to this campus, I'm not making any money. There was no number 10 jerseys in the Badger stores after my second year. There's a lot of number 10 jerseys and we're not allowed to have our name on the back. So it's just out of nowhere, a lot of number 10 jerseys start popping up in the stores. I'm like, man, if only I could figure out who number 10 was and where these jerseys were coming from, man, mystery I've never solved, but got in touch with the, the right people got on the trial. Um, that was, uh, you know, the trial, the, the class action lawsuit that was you know, responsible for doing all this, being a voice there and, you know, just being in like, you know, a strong mother with that I have who, who raised me to not be afraid to stand up and do what's right. And, you know, that grew into the, the broke college athlete sign, which again, I think is probably one of the best things that, that happened. It was a really, uh, oh man, when that happened, side story, oh man, coach guard was terrified. Cause he really <laughs> thought like, I'd be like done for that. For that year but everyone always thought that like i do these things and it's like neither just being like sporadic spontaneous but like, i put a lot of thought and i asked the right people like i'm going to do this this and this are these all okay in the law like yeah so then when i did it everyone's like what are you doing and it was like i had it all taken care of and the good thing about that is again is this is a story that people don't promote about it was that all the money I got from that Venmo side, the, the broke college athlete, I then took multiple, maybe six, seven families, Christmas and Christmas shopping for gifts, food and everything. So all of the money was used and donated and helped families get food, gifts and all that for the holidays. And that's the part that no one reports severely underreported. It just show all oh, now just standing there being a, uh, a spoiled athlete instead of the one who was simultaneously trying to stand up for uh, my other athletic peers with me and the ones that will follow and also someone who was trying to do something good for for those less fortunate. So it was a, it was a great experience and now we see the you know the changes that were that were made and and like everyone said is like, oh my gosh, you pay college athletes, sports are ruined. Still playing sports in college. would you look at that? So the hold landscape on. You, has changed. Yeah, the landscape has definitely changed. But Nigel, you mentioned your mom. 
talk to us about your relationship with your mom and you know growing up in your household oh mother god greatest woman i've ever met uh she's great though she's a biggest fan biggest critic biggest biggest supporter um you know the woman who gave me birth raised me so she's been fantastic um supportive and everything that i've done like i said she holds me to uh higher standards than i hold myself at most times and so thanks to her and her her guidance being a strong-willed uh black woman and being able to to take what she has to do with not only in society but also just being a, a mother and raising children being a, a sports fan and having to deal with um you know people saying things to her on social media about if her son has a bad game and then also the good part of if her son has a good game or something like that and she walks out in the store and was like oh my gosh are you Nigel's mom so she's the same way I go through the ups and downs of being an athlete in the spotlight she does uh the same with with being uh with being my mother so she's been uh been great at raising me and my siblings and you know just helping me become a uh, a fully functioning you know confident smart intellectual you know adult who's able to do it for himself so yeah, she deserves all the credit in the world. Dude, all the credit because um, what you did and went through. I mean, I used to read, I hate Twitter. I mean, I don't hate it, but I find it to be so mean. Um, when I grew up and went to college, we just started Facebook. You couldn't uh -huh. put anything out there but a picture and like your birthday. Uh -huh. And you, and it was for only college kids. So uh -huh. it's like the only, that was it. I never dealt with, dude, I had bad games, man. The one person who hated the most when he had a baggie was me. Uh -huh. I hated myself for it. Yeah. But no one told me I had a bad game outside of like the coaches and maybe some of the players. Like no one on Twitter told me there was no Twitter. Right. What's it like growing up? What's it like and 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 to to praise your mom, like, dude, you you seem very put together. You seem extremely confident. How did that not like tear you down? Um again, her just knowing that um the wisdom that she had i guess the maternal instincts um just knowing and that was always something she said was not to worry about people's praise and not get too high too low and make sure you when you do something you know do it for the right reason so when i play in my sports uh, am i doing this because i love it yes check okay so when you do this sport like do it be confident make sure you're playing for yourself your family um, and then always you know our piece of advice was always appreciate fans but don't live and die on their their comments and, and critiques because um it's the same here now in europe it's even crazier in europe this is madness with with fandom and you're about you know you have a good game and you're the best player ever everybody loves you You can do no wrong you lose or have a bad game and then it's you know get them off the team why are you even playing basketball and you know the best thing is not to to read into that i mean i remember reading uh all uh, the the rapper jack harlow mentioned that one time that is it's actually really crazy that we live in this time where you can actually see what a random person says to you. Like when you really think about it, it's like I can play a game and there could be some, you know, Joe Blow from a basement in, in Iowa is like, oh, you suck. And it's like crazy that he can say that and I can see it. Like that's the, that's the, that's the world that we live in now. And, you know, the best advice for that is just not to, you know, not to read into that stuff. You know, I know some athletes get called up in that where they, do this thing where like they search their name because they want to see all oh, people saying good things about me or they search their name because like oh man do people hate me i want to see that and that's the ultimate worst thing that you can ever do that seems to, like the worst thing for your mental health like the yes, worst absolutely. thing for your mental health and i can't absolutely. even imagine like being under the microscope as a high profile division one athlete you know professional athlete with all like I don't even know how you know it's one thing burn when people are just yelling using stands in the game. It's another thing when like it's just it's on your phone and it's blowing up all the time. How do you combat that on a day to day basis? And you know what's the what's sort of the hardest and easiest part of that for you? Um, like I said, just being having a good good influence of people around me. Like uh, like this question and about cause is like my present day wisdom and tried to answer the question from my former self, but like, <laughs> I kind of had the same idea and mindset is like, not to just get caught up in that, like, you know, not get too high, not get too low, um, play the game for, and do whatever you do for the right reasons for yourself, for your family, 
and it's it's really it's really hard. And the part I try to do is just try to enjoy what comes with it, because that's all you can do is enjoy what comes with it. Because uh, fame is fleeting, especially for most college athletes. Like that's most college athletes. Like this is, you know, this is a mountaintop for you. Because obviously, as you know, professional sports is as you get older, the the amount of jobs get smaller. So the the fame is fleeting. So for me to answer that is like just enjoy it. You know, when you walk around campus, it's like everyone knows who you are. People want to give you stuff. People want to do stuff for you. People want to go out of their way, and then you just have to. Like for me, it was just understanding that like there's a good side and a bad side to this and not get so caught up in, in the good side and definitely not in the bad side. Because there was times when I told my mom that uh, I had a good game. I remember what game it was. I had a great game and there was like a note on my door that was like, oh, great game, Nige, you're amazing. And the first thing I told her was, what happens if I have a bad game? That's my first thought was like, you know, you have a good game. Everyone knows where I live and they left a note and it's nice. It was like to say, Hey, great game. But what, what would they have done if I got a bad game? Then do I get a note that was like, Oh, you suck today. You know, well, hopefully not. Hopefully not. I, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's the, that's the good and bad though. That comes, that comes with that. And that's why when you get that note, you read it and it's like, it was a good day. It's one day in the point in life is a stack good day. So you take this, appreciate it. And whoever left it there, I didn't know who left it there, but you know, you appreciate that someone was watching and wanted to say something kind and you don't let that make you, you know, you don't live for people's compliments because when you don't get them or you get negative ones, those tear you down. So it's just, you know, appreciate what's there and try to keep a level head and level focus. I love the mindset. I'm just so impressed because like literally dude, your name still comes up in conversations about I, I think I, I might have mentioned your name either yesterday or the day before talking about the NIL and that like Wisconsin was like the front page of this happening. Do you take, are you like, does it excite you? Does it make you happy that you, it, you didn't benefit from it. I didn't benefit from it, but it's, what do you think about now? The kids are, the ability for them to benefit started with that seed that you planted. Um, First initial honest thought is, Damn it, I would have made a lot of money. She would me both. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not just, my you don't really realize how many, when I showed up as a freshman in 2004, Bernie was a junior. You don't really realize how many number 45 jerseys there were in the stands. Like, it, and then 2005, after you mm-hmm. had your massive season as a junior, like you walk in and there are as many 45 jerseys as any other player on the field. It's like you, uh-huh. and it's that in 28s. And, well, yeah. and that's all you saw. And I can't even imagine, like, and like you said, those number 10 jerseys, you walk in, you know. It's like, that's my first, like, honest thought is like, damn. And it's my jealous. Yeah, it's (laughs) just jealousy. But then the next part is that's, uh, you know, for the people I, you know, like rather role models of personal life or ones that you you see from afar, one of the pieces of advice and, you know, I guess uh, guidelines for life is to leave the world better than when you were there and wherever you were, leave it better than when you got there. And I feel like I can say confidently that college athletics from the athlete perspective is better than what it was when I was in college for sure. And that's the, that's the goal for, for athletes to be able to, you know, profit off of, off of what they do. Like I said, famous fleeting and in college athletics, you know, a lot of athletes, once they leave college, you know, that's it in terms of a sports for them so that they're able to, you know, be if they're on every, all these commercials, all these billboards, their faces are everywhere, jerseys are being sold, all of this stuff. And if they're able to make money off of that and be able to use that money to springboard themselves after college athletics um, and take care of themselves, their family, and do what they want, then, you know, it's uh, it was time well served in terms of me doing what I felt at the time was right to be able to 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 help these current athletes reap those awards. So if you could have had any NIL sponsor when you were an athlete, who would have been your first choice? Who would have been my first choice? Like what what, what, to... what fits the Nigel what fits the Nigel Hayes brand the best when you are 19, 20, 21 years old? Thank like who do you want to be like known with? 
Does this have to be something local? Like, no, no, like a absolutely local not. NIL or period? Period. Um, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. What are some examples of some deals some people have not? Okay, so like for example, like the entire offensive line last year was sponsored by a barbecue restaurant, what? right? Yep. Really? So you know, you've got you know, obviously, like all these guys have have like they have their gear and Pepsi. stuff like that. But like, yeah, so there's like four or six guys on the team now who have a, a Pepsi uh, NIL deal. There's, you know, Braylon has like a athletic training or lifting brand NIL deal, that kind of stuff. Uh, I would have, well, I mean, I would have hoped I would have gotten, you know, I think, uh, I think, uh, what did I like? I mean, oh, I think, okay, so I ate a lot of pancakes in college so i think a pancake company would have been there something we go good. see that's unique and that also i used fits, to eat a, i used to eat a lot of pancakes well and watch criminal minds that was my those are my saturday nights and friday nights i regret not going out more but that's really what i would do on friday so, nights i clean my apartment make pancakes and watch criminal minds i hop i hop i hop yeah IHOP. or Bisquick, especially if you, if you talk about that, IHOP or Bisquick. It's got to be one or the yes. other, I feel. That would have been, that was, I think that would have been a good one. Everyone knows I love pancakes and I need the syrup too. So yeah. I need the, I need the matching partnerships though. Mm -hmm. I need the yep. pancake and the syrup to go together. I think, yeah, that's a good one, guys. Nigel, first of all, let's, let's go back to Toledo, Ohio, somewhere I've actually spent a little bit of time. My dad's best friend lived in Toledo for a long time. Um, Talk to us about your life growing up. How do you get from small child to Madison, Wisconsin? Um, well, Toledo. I, so basketball, I remember my mom has my uh, first video and she was so happy too. I think in college, someone was like, oh, do you have Nigel's earliest footage? And it was, I was playing in like a YMCA church league. And I think she sent the clip in where like, I missed the layup too. I was like, mom, like, come on. It was bad too, but I was so much bigger than the other kids. It was hilarious too. I just towering over the other kids. So we started there. Um, mom always liked sports. She wanted, she didn't want us to play sports. It wasn't like, Hey, play sports. She was like, Hey, if you like it, I enjoy watching it. If you want to play, play. So, um, the first sport I actually played was football and I hated football so much. <laughs> I really did. But, uh, but basketball was something that you know, being tall helps. I liked it. And then my, uh, my stepfather, which brings me to another segue that I uh, love to do is that my last name now is Hayes Davis. And I changed my last name to honor my stepfather, who's the greatest man I've ever met. And without him, I wouldn't have been able to go to Wisconsin and there would be no Nigel on this show right now. So yes, my stepfather was the one who kind of, uh, got me into saying, Hey, if you like sports, you know, the great ones, they work harder than everyone else. He sat me down, we'd watch NBA games, and he would say, hey, don't just watch. Listen to what the commentators are saying so you can try to learn, like, why players do this, why players do that. Um, what do they do to work on their game? What do they do to become better? And then, uh, you know, my mom and them always instilled in me a, uh, a work ethic. You know, I always worked it extremely hard. Growing up, I went to a, a great high school, one of my first – my first great basketball coach was Quinn Rogers from AAU. I played with all Ohio. So he was the one who, who helped me, you know, figure out how to, you know, look at basketball and not just like a game and look at something to try to be as good at and dominate. Got to high school. Bruce Smith was my high school coach. Uh, he actually just texted me too, not too long ago about something. He just saw me in a Badger thing. I haven't replied to him yet because I hopped on here, but it's funny how the world works. Um, so Bruce Smith was there and then uh, playing AAU growing up. And how did I get to Wisconsin? Uh, well, I always wanted to go to Ohio State. Um, you know, I'm from Ohio, so I always wanted to go to Ohio State. And uh, I had offers from my last three were Stanford, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. And truth be told, I really wanted to go to Stanford. It was just really far from Ohio. Stanford was, you know, it was an amazing campus. Obviously, you get a degree from Stanford, you know, you know, that's icing on the cake in a lot of places. Um, Coach Dawkins was there. So it was it was great. It was just really, you know, really too far. And then in terms of uh, Ohio State, my mom is a story I haven't told many people, I don't think. Uh, so exclusive content right here. But my mom actually picked Wisconsin. I didn't want to go to Wisconsin. I wanted to go to Ohio State. 
And we took the visit to Wisconsin. Lamont Paris was my, uh, he's now South Carolina. So shout out coach Paris. He was my recruiter. I remember the first time he, I played Finley and there was this black man sitting on the baseline. It was just like, he's sticking out, buddy. What you doing here? <laughs> uh, I had a really good game though. He talked to me afterwards and you know, that's when I first found out Wisconsin was, you know, on the radar, but I ended up taking the visit. Um, you know, coach Paris was fantastic. He was phenomenal in terms of being a recruiter. Um, he was honest about expectations. Uh, he was from Ohio, you know, he was very personable. Parents liked him. They felt that they could trust him. He was a man of his word and he turned out to be that and more. Um, and then on the visit, you know, Bo to show, AKA Bo Ryan was there and, you know, mom liked him. Um, he really connected well, you know, my parents, they liked the canvas. They liked everybody around. I had a great visit. Um, that's when I met Duye. Still talk to Duye. I just saw Duye in Amsterdam too, like a couple weeks ago. So still a great friend and Duye was my, uh, host there. So it was a, it was a great visit. My parents loved it. And then, um, we didn't. So I took the visit to Ohio state. And the, another reason why I didn't go to Ohio state was my parents didn't like it because Ohio state waited way too long to offer me. And it was almost to the point of like, you know, disrespect, you know, but in my eyes, so that's why like I love my mother. So in my eyes, I was just like, Oh, it's Ohio State. I'm from Ohio. I always wanted to go there. And my parents, I was like, you know, no, you know, my mom's just like, they're not going to treat my baby like a second, third option. So when I committed, I called Bo and told him, and I didn't even tell my mom, like, I didn't want to go to Wisconsin. I committed because my mom said that this would be a great place for me. So everybody in Badger Nation has my mother to thank for me going to Wisconsin. And uh, <laughs> I listened to my mother. And she's usually right. And she turned out to be pretty damn right with me going to Wisconsin. It worked out extremely, extremely well for me. So that's how we ended up there as a Badger. So, so we have a lot of stories about guys who come, football guys who come on on host visits. What's a basketball host visit like? Um, what do you do? We remember what I did. Uh, I, well, we came, we had, uh, I think probably dinner first, you know, met the, the rest of the staff. Uh, there's a time where you go to, when we go to Bo's house. So we went to Bo's house, um, had all the players there, coaches there, wives, you know, family there and the, the recruits that are there. And then, you know, we go around, there was a, a basketball session. So I got to play with the guys that were there. Devin Harris was there actually too and played. Um, so that was pretty good. I, I did. I think I played very well. Oh, the guys seemed pleased. Um, so played and then, you know, there's some touring that goes on where, uh, you know, you meet with, you know, you got your academic advisors, they go, what do you want to do? I want to be a business major. So then they take me there. I meet the business people. I go around, I see some stuff, you know, like campus hotspots, you know, like the, what's it called? The, 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 at the lake, the union down there. Yes. The union. So went to the union. Here's camp Randall. Here's this, here's that. And then in the evening, you know, you get, you go with your designated host player. And then, you know, it's just same, you know, typical college stuff you hear. You just go to a party and have fun. But for me, I was kind of boring because I don't drink. I've never drank before alcohol and I don't like partying. So mine was a pretty <laughs> bland, boring college visit. You know, it's not the, it's not the movie style story that, you know, people are used to hearing. I don't know. Oh, uh, Scott Starks but, talked about just going and watching film for four straight hours. So, uh, at, at night instead of going out. Yeah. So that's one way to Nigel, do it. They would have never put us together at, at <laughs> basketball. They would have never, they, they knew very well who, uh, the, the, the guys that they needed to put with me. Yeah. I, I think some do that too, because I was with Duye and Duye doesn't drink or party or anything. So Duye and I was just there like, he's like, hey, what do you do, bro? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> figuring it out so it was like yeah it was uh it was cool i mean it was uh like i said it was a nice experience i i enjoyed myself like i said my my father surely did and she was like that was her school she circled that one we ended up as a badger and it worked out fantastically so when you're not making pancakes and watching criminal minds and you're not going to class or practice what else are you doing on campus while you're in madison what else was I doing? Nothing. It was just in the gym. It was either the gym or class. 
it wasn't really much or hanging out at the uh at gordon which was the uh is it still called gordon no yeah the, the food the food, uh, gordon Commons. The food yeah so me yeah. and the the guys would be me vito jordan riley bronson and mace we'd just be hanging out at the watering hole gordon's you know trying to work up the curves to talk to girls or something <laughs> wasting time honestly you know uh or, or we were in the gym or you know really that was just it hanging around goofing off doing nothing i mean it was a, i had a great college experience but really if i just had one 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 of those national championships i think i would have been quite content with my college career that's the only thing like i'm missing was a national title other than that i think i uh i think i did everything you know i could do i wanted to do and, you know i came in there i graduated uh during my time i felt like president or a rock star you know walking around i tried to be nice to people and kind of people made a lot of friends people were able to you know i did a lot of cool cool things i mean in the, the what's it called like mifflin week they have concerts there so i was able to like meet the organizers and like i met chance the rapper we were there we were like backstage and at one time uh this was before i was really into music my sister loved party next door and he came and bronson knew someone and like party next door and his whole like team came and uh played basketball in the Cole center and that's so cool. like i've had it was great and then i got him to sign a, a hoodie to my sister oh that's when i knew she loved me too because she was like oh she was so <laughs> surprised that was one of my that was one of my best big brother moments too was surprising her with that um but no i've done a done a lot of college was great just one national championship away from being perfect honestly but it was a, it was a great experience well, well, Nigel, you, that the run you guys had was uh, tremendous. I don't think it's even been close to replication ever. So, like, what does it mean to be a part of something so special? And what was it like? Oh, what was it like? It was great. It was like a movie. My biggest regret is, man, like, if I could just take the wisdom I have now, like, whatever little money I would have had, if we could have had, like, a videographer just document that whole, like, my sophomore year, year 19th, like I keep track of my years. Year 19 is like a top two year of my life. Like from an overall standpoint, just basketball, school of life, like year 19 was phenomenal. And to be able to document that would have been great. I mean, it's the epitome of like a college athlete. I mean, it was basketball. Your sport was going fantastic. School was going fantastic. Social life was great. Like I said, walking around, like getting away with murder. It was great. Like you just do whatever you want. People are like, letting you do whatever it was it was great like missing class i didn't go to class all the time of course not i was a good student but like there's no way i was going to class all the time it was just not happening you know um it was it was great though um and it, like the the student like interacting with the students was great you know like to be able to walk around campus and have students come up to me was like i only came here because of the basketball team like wow a lot of pressure and that's a big decision for you to make for it was a basketball team, but you know, to have people do that is, is great. Um, made great connections and great friends, lifelong friends. I met one of my best friends, Nathan DuPont. He was a manager with the team and you know, we're still in touch to today. We have random group FaceTime calls all the time. So, <laughs> you know, college was year 19 was fantastic. You know, playoffs were good. Um, the whole little, uh, accidental thing with the stenographer thing happened. You know, so to be like, we were just like, like the darling team of the, of the country. And like I said, we won trophy away, man. That would have been sign sale delivered. Probably the best year you could have in college, honestly. If I would have there won was that, only would... one other problem with that season. And that was the freaking shorts. Though the, the, just the, the design of the shorts where it just looked really awkward, where you had like the weird uh, stripe in the middle and like uh -huh. you're on, on, on the championship game that those one jerseys have always bothered me. You think that's what it was? Is that what held us back? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. If you had just been wearing the clean whites. Yeah. You know, My they thoughts. say look good, feel good. You feel good. You play good. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe, it, may, maybe that's what it was. Uh, we'll never know though. We will never know. Um, you've had a, a fascinating professional career. You have been literally all over the world. You're in your what second stint back in Turkey on a second team now. Yeah. First of all, where is the coolest place you have ever played a professional basketball game? The coolest place? 
probably either Serbia against Red Star or this last game in Athens was pretty good. Those environments are like indescribable. Um, like I try to tell people like, take the passion you see when you have picture the man who loves his NBA team because a diehard fan. And then take the man who like went to Wisconsin and like loves Badger basketball. And then take like the man who loves NFL and then take the man who like really is a really good baseball fan. Who's a crazy baseball fan. And then take the man that's like a crazy college football fan and put them into one person. <laughs> and that is how fans are in Europe for their sport. And it's absolutely madness. You know, they're singing songs the whole time. They're booing you. There's um, their security lining up to get you into the game. I remember my first time I was in Turkey, we played in, in Serbia. There was like the, this like the SWAT had to escort us into the gym. And, you know, my first time being in Europe and you're seeing like riot shields and, and guys with AK-47s like aligning the sidewalk to get you into the gym. And it's like, damn, this is just a basketball game. <laughs> and you have, oh, you have all of that going on. So, you know, it's crazy. But those are, uh, those are also great games because, you know, that's what you, 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 you know, grow up as a kid wanting to play in front of thousands and thousands of people, crazy chaotic environments and to be able to play the game glove. So it's, it's great. I've, uh, I've been able to travel a lot. Uh, been to a lot of good places, especially this year. I've tried to be culturally enrich myself, taking upon myself to learn the language to best of my ability of every country I've played in. And so that's been great. Made some great lifetime friends. So it's been a, uh, it's been a tremendous experience and traveling is great. It's something I recommend all people, you know, obviously if you're able to do is travel and see the world, you know, cause it's the gift that you give yourself is to be able to travel and see stuff. All right. Hardest language to learn Lithuanian, uh, Turkish or yes. Spanish. Lithuanian by far. It's the hardest <laughs> language I've ever tried to learn that it's, it's like, it's impossible. But my proudest moment was I graduated kindergarten. And they gave me like a little certificate when I was there and I posted it and all the fans were like, oh my gosh, thanks so much. That so was like, cause no one like comes there who plays there, tries to learn a language. Cause they go, it's really hard. Don't try. And everyone's like, all right, if they don't try, but I really, I tried my best to, to do it, to learn it. Super difficult language, but it's good. Spanish is easy. I think Spanish. And then also like just perspective wise, like in Europe, a lot of like you meet a lot of people and I met a lot of people who like baseline, they're like two to three languages fluent. And it's like, it's just something that's instilled in them. And it's, it's like, it's not America's fault because America being the greatest country it is in the world and the powerhouse is like, Hey, we speak English. So you should probably learn English. Whereas <laughs> the other countries are like, all right, we have our language and you learn English, but also like when you're in elementary school, you're required to learn a third language. I got a lot of schools are like that. So, you know, you meet people who know two or three languages and like, I've always been super jealous of that. So like, I really tried to lock in and learn as many as I can. And like, it's uh, it's always great too, to be able to like, like go back and be around people and I like speak another language and people don't know what you're saying. And it's, uh, it's, it's great. Cause then there's like that, um, uh, you see like when people get upset when someone's speaking another language, the first instinct is like, they're talking about me. And it's like, no, actually they're not. Most of the time people aren't <laughs> talking about you. And that's the, that's why I like learning languages. Cause I try not to let people, I know it when I'm around them. So I like to just listen to people, you know, <laughs> and hear things people say. And then like, if I really need to like interrupt or something like that, then, you know, I will, but it's uh like Jackie Chan in the first part of rush hour. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what have you learned from all of these world travels and interacting with all these people that you are going to try to apply to your new business and your new patented, um, you know, tool, which by the way, we will uh, have to get here for the studio. Uh, what I, is that people are all the same. Like everyone's different, but everyone's like, everyone's the same. Everybody wants the same things. Everybody wants to do the same things. Everyone wants to just take care of themselves, their family, have a good life, be happy. And, you know, everyone's trying to go about it the same way. And it's really 
just like a blended into the same thing. So for example, I always tell people about cuisine, like most of the foods are the same foods. Like there's not so many ingredients you use. It comes down to like one or two spices. So you make the same dish and you want to add one spice paprika. And then you call this is my country. This is our dish. And then you go to the next country and it's this instead of paprika, it's oregano. And now it's like, oh, wait, wait, this is a completely different thing. And it's like, <laughs> it's really the same dish. It's, you just change spices. Like I promise it's the same thing. So like that example of how foods are so similar is like, everyone's kind of like, you know, just the same. And everyone has a, like when I travel, you know, you go to, I go to the museums and there's always arts, arts a little different, but you go to churches, the churches are the same, the buildings, everybody has the people that they revere. So everyone has like, everybody has their own identity, but at the same time, it's like one, you know, big family. That's really cool. Did you ever play in White Plains? Did I ever play in White Plains? Yes, I did. My first year, my uh, rookie year with the Knicks Junior team. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I saw you at a restaurant. Did you? Yes, you were with um. Who was who came in? Who's playing? Oh man, I'm blanking on his name. This is gonna kill me. I saw him picturing his face. You guys, you guys came in to eat. Trey Burke. No, this is gonna bother me. He was a good shooter. You'll uh, figure it out you're, when you're getting ready to go to sleep. You'll think of it right there. This person did just play some. I mean, Duye was a great shooter. Duye, for my money, should have gotten more run in his Badger career than he did. But that's just me being a bitter fan. But you know, yeah, for sure, dude. I mean, he's six nine sharpshooter. He can light it up. He can light it up. It was Bronson. Yeah. Where was Bronson? I think it was him. You think it was Bronson? I think so. Well, I saw you was, guys walk in. I'm Bronson like, was a third shooter, so it could, it could like, be Bronson. I'm like, wow. I knew Bronson a little bit because I saw him out Ritter. and about in town. So I like when we saw each other, I was like, oh man, this is great. Um, Nigel, also my my wife's a huge fan, so she has to meet you. She's a little crazy into the air. Yeah. Oh. Hi, Allie. Hi. Hi. Hi, Allie. I'm Nigel. Um, nice to meet you. Hi. First time. First time ever. Yes, yeah, I, I am so sorry to embarrass my husband. No, it's um, okay. I am so excited to meet you. A few, Likewise. A few things. Okay. Um, yes, please. This is what I've always wanted Allie to take over the podcast. I'm yes. Oh, my like God. My dreams are coming through. <laughs> um, I was checking my Facebook memories today, <laughs> and I shared, it was on this day in 2017, I shared your Players' Tribune article. Um, that was titled okay. Don't Just Shut Up and Dribble. Well, so I found that to that? be so interesting. I don't really have a follow-up question. I that. do have a follow-up <laughs> you question. Said you had what, a is, on, what inspired you, you to what inspired you to write that? And like how what was the process of that? Like how did you how did that happen? It it's spillover from the uh the whole like college athlete NIL thing. It was like, yeah. hey, just like just play sports. You're there. Just go to school and get your education. Like, you right. don't, don't worry about other stuff. So it's kind of like the, this is like a side, side spillover from that whole thing. Wait, just try to oh. right. Um, oh, and sorry. Your are second we or third thing? You yeah, have yeah. A, oh, oh, yeah. yeah we're recording. recording. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We are. <laughs> well, I said I had a couple of things. They weren't necessarily questions. Keep going. Okay. Um, well, that was one. What's the my, next one? That was one. Um, my boss, who mm -hmm. I, 2016, 2017, I went through a kind of career life change. I was mm -hmm. very unhappy with the state of the world, uh -huh. um, which was around the time when you wrote this article. But uh -huh. anyway, my boss, who I've worked with now for six years, we bonded over that article when I was interviewing with him. And he wanted me to share. He has the picture with you that he wanted me to share. So this is another thing. Oh my gosh, look at this. I can't tell if you're not embarrassing. I am embarrassing. Oh my embarrassing. gosh, this is amazing. Oh, well, this is his daughter. That's not him. My, but, but my boss is not a 10-year-old girl. Wait, <laughs> I was going to say, I said, all I see is a little girl. Your boss is yeah. <laughs> Yes, and that's his dad photo bombing in the back. Um, okay. But what year was said, this? This had to have been, oh man, I don't know. I mean, it was when you played at Wisconsin. 
So okay, so at least you got a four-year range, four year range to, to, yes. to, to figure out from. Okay. Yes. She's now a junior in high school, his oh, daughter. Nice. Um, but he would like me to tell you that you and Chris Borland are his two favorite athletes of all time. I love so it. So that is from my boss. Um, tell your boss I love him or her. Is it him, right? You said that was him, him in the picture photo him. bombing? Yes. yes. Tell your boss yes. I love him too. Yes. And, okay, so I have two more two more things. One part okay. A. One is part A and part B. Um, so part A is, I know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Part A, I'm so sorry to bring up um, the national championship game because it's uh, really upsetting for me. So I'm sure it is for you. Um, Not a pleasant part topic. A, yeah. <laughs> part A was that my brother-in-law convinced his wife who was pregnant that if you won, they would name their son Nigel. I um, love that. Their son's name is Alex. <laughs> Close enough. Oh, hi, Alex. Sorry. Hi, Alex. Um, Sorry I let you down, Alex. We could have been named twins. That's okay. But part B of that is that I had my, like, what how you become a New Yorker moment is that you openly cry on the subway. And that was my, how I became a New Yorker moment was I openly cried on the subway on the way home from watching. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I put you through that. I did my best. I did. I really did. I, I know you my did. Best. I know. I know short. you did. It's the ref's if fault. I could do, it's the ref's if fault. I could do it over. Justice Winslow <laughs> touched the ball. We all know it. Come on. Oh, I know. I know. If um, I could do it over, I'd win for you. I promise. I know. I know. It's. I'm sorry. And we'd to have bring another Nigel in the world then. Yes. Yes. Actually, um, oh my. Did, sorry. The first maybe time. Maybe that's our boy's now, name. Now I'm upset that Alice. So I just found out someone sent to me that for the first time last year, not a single baby was named Nigel. No. No. Yeah. So hey, Alex. Yeah. For the first Alex? time last year, what? not a Nigel oh. was named. I'm a dying well, breed. You can hold this guy to it because if we have a boy, maybe that will maybe we'll have a Nigel. Nigel Bernstein sounds Eddie? great to me. Oh it does God. sound good. That's a good sounding name. It's a good. It, that, is a good it sounds name. like a great author too of like a, a Max trilogy that sells a <laughs> Nigel, Nigel Bernstein, and my favorite name is Francis, so it would be Nigel, Nigel Francis F. Bernstein. Yeah, Nigel. Nig that's F. a that's a that's a great author name. Yeah. Bye. I just want you to. <laughs> okay, this is my last one. I'm on board. Can I be the Godfather? Yeah. Done. Or is that mm -hmm. too much? Am I asking no, no, too that's much okay. by saying that's that? That's okay. No, absolutely. No, okay. <laughs> no. Oh, that would be amazing. It would be amazing. <laughs> my, okay, my last thing. You do not have to answer if this is too personal. Um, I follow you on Instagram, and I'm wondering um, what the name change was. Oh, so he, actually, you oh, weren't here yeah. when we discussed this, but oh, I actually okay. wanted to follow up and I didn't ask. So for Ali, I'll let you repeat. And then I want you to tell us a little bit more about the person behind that name change and how they when they came into your life and how they, you know, really sort of changed it. So glad you asked. So Hayes Davis, my stepfather, Albert Davis, my mother remarried when I was they just celebrated their 21st wedding anniversary, actually. So let me do the math. Five or six. Um, wait, no. What is that? 21 and up. Seven. I was about seven or eight when they got remarried. And my uh, stepfather, Albert Davis, he's the reason why I was able to play sports. Um, he worked at Chrysler. Uh, too many hours, too, too much overtime to be able to make sure that not only myself, but my brother and sisters were able to play sports. Um to give me money to travel for AAU, to get to all these tournaments, to be able to be seen by uh, the coach that would be at Wisconsin that would give me a scholarship to continue to play basketball. And he not only did that, he continued to do that. And one of my favorite stories I love to tell is that he, uh, my mom wanted to go to one of my games. So he got off a probably eight to 10 hour work shift, um, drove six hours six, seven hours to the game. My mom watched the game. I said, hi, kiss bye. He drove back and then went right back into work. And again, he works at Chrysler. So, you know, it's not, you know, a walk in the park. So he did all of that just so my mom could watch me play. And it's the greatest man I've ever known. So that's why I added Davis to honor him. And I love when people ask, because then I get the chance to tell someone else about the wonder that is Albert Davis. So I love him. And uh, I don't know if he'll see this. I'm, someone will definitely make sure he sees it. But 
Yeah, it's uh, it's because of him. So that is the name change. Not too personal at all. Glad you asked. Well, that could That's not be cool. a more perfect place for us to wrap up here for the day. So on behalf of both Bernie and Mrs. Bernie, Nigel Hayes Davis, Matt Perkins here on Believe in Badgers on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. And until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Let's Nigel, go world. Make some more you. babies named Nigel. <laughs> we do. Nigel, you, I'm serious, you made I really... someone's whole entire day right here. I mean, you made ours, but this one is more of a fan. Glad- Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.